This morning we read from Mark 10, 46 to 52. And they came to Jericho. And as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, Call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he is calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. Uh, You know what? Let me just pray. Father, it's amazing to me how uh, when your good word uh, is going to be brought forth, how just silly stuff like this happens. So I know you want people to hear your message this morning and how much you love them. I know you want people to hear that you see them. And I pray that this morning, for those who don't know you, that they would see you for the first time that they would see how much you love them, that they would see you as Messiah, the Anointed One, that they would see that you died on the cross for their sin and you rose again, conquering sin and death, and that you offer life to them, that they would see you. I pray for those of us who know you, Lord Jesus, that we would see you uh, more deeply. We would know you with more intimacy. Father, sometimes we just gain a bunch of head knowledge and we don't even see you. And so I pray that for us this morning, that through this beautiful story of Bartimaeus, that we will see you. In your beautiful and precious name, amen. Well, let me set the scene for you. Jesus is on the way out of Jericho passing through and heading down to Jerusalem. It's getting near to be Passover time. And all of this activity is taking place in Jericho, and all the people uh, are getting ready to be prepared for Passover. And the streets were thronging with activity. And one of the things that is happening in Jericho is, and what is true of, of any Jewish male is if you're within 15 miles of, of Jerusalem, and if you were uh, 12 years and older, you had to go down to Jerusalem for Passover, so there was a preparation for that. For those who weren't able to physically go, uh, they would line the streets and they would, they would wish you Godspeed, basically, as you head down to Passover time. And they would be on the streets cheering you on as you would rejoice and celebrating. And as we shared this summer about the Psalms of Ascent, 
singing these beautiful songs. Jericho had a special characteristic to it in that in Jericho there was a lot of Levites who would do temple worship and who would enter in uh, to the temple service. And, and there, was, there was thousands upon thousands of priests and Levites who would serve uh, in the temple, and then they would take turns. They would go on rotation. During Passover, however, uh, everybody was all hands on deck. So I want you to understand the scene as, as Jesus is preparing, and as the scriptures open up, there was a crowd of people around him. And the thing that's interesting and, and what was traditional is when you had a rabbi and he's walking along the road, there would be a gathering around him because they'd want to hear him. And I'm assuming a lot of people wanted to hear Jesus. Everywhere he went, thousands gathered around him, didn't they? We want to hear from this man. So thousands were gathering around. They're headed down the road. They're coming through Jericho. You got all kinds of people in the crowd. And you especially got the, the Levites, who I am assuming are giving Jesus the evil eye. Because if everything about Jesus and what he says he is and who he is, then they're going to be out of business, quite frankly. Their temple service and all that they've been living for, and how it's supposed to be done to worship God, they're going to be put out of business. So you've got all of this intensity in this crowd gathering around. Next week we're going to enter into the triumphal entry. All the crowd waving them and the branches coming in. And in the middle of all of the craziness, and everybody gathering around, there is at the northern gate a blind beggar, and his name is Bartimaeus. Just, just consider for a moment what his life was about. What do you think his life was like? He lived in darkness, either from birth or a very early age. And he would go to the gate to beg. He was either led there or he would stumble his way through, through the people to get his spot to beg. Totally dependent upon giving as we learn from other stories, who sinned? The parents or the blind man? Because being physically blind was considered a consequence of sin. What was Bartimaeus' value in the community, to society? I'm sure the people in Jericho, just like you and I do, Unfortunately, too often, we just walk by the beggar. Most of the time, we don't even look at him. And this was the life of Bartimaeus. Jesus not only hears him, he sees him. And it's pretty amazing in this text, pretty amazing in this text that, that Bartimaeus is mentioned here. This guy of no value, this guy in society who people just walk by, and he's mentioned by name, Bartimaeus. And it's amazing that his name is brought out, because here's what it means, Bar, son of, Timaeus, he who is highly favored or highly honored. So not only is it mentioned, but it's mentioned twice. Look how it's read in the text. And... Bartimaeus, 
son of one who is highly honored, a blind beggar, son of one who is highly honored. Double in saying his name. Do you understand something about Jesus here? Do you understand what Mark is trying to point out about our Lord here in this text? I see you, Bartimaeus. I see you. And actually, I know exactly who you are. And everybody else dismisses you. Nobody pays attention to you. You have no value in society. But I look at you, and I know your son of honor. You have great value to me. You are highly favored. Jesus sees him, and he wants Bartimaeus to see Jesus. He wants Bartimaeus to know exactly who he is. Bartimaeus realizes as he's on the road and he hears the crowd and he hears that Jesus the Messiah is coming. He sets an example of of just what it looks like for us to, to come into relationship with Jesus, to draw close to him, to see him for who he really is. And one of the things that's beautiful about this text is that Bartimaeus sees that he is broken in need of a Savior. Somehow in his physical blindness, he sees Jesus for who he truly is. Jesus, son of Nazareth. Jesus, son of David. That was a messianic term that was used for Jesus. And it's interesting in Mark, the only other time we see that term used actually came from the demons. You know why? Because the demons knew exactly who Jesus was, didn't they? You're the son of David. We know who you are. And Bartimaeus, in his physical blindness, seemed to see Jesus for who he was. The disciples were struggling with this. Isaiah 42 says this, He is to be a light for the Gentiles, to open the eyes that are blind, to free the captives from the prison, and to release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness. This blind man sees Jesus, and they try to shut him up, don't they? And he's like, there is no way. There is no way you are going to keep me silent. No way are you going to keep me from this opportunity to be freed from this prison of darkness. And so he cried out all the more. One of the things you have to know, with those that you love who maybe don't know Jesus, or if you're here this morning and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, one of the things that you have to know is as you're drawing closer to God, there will always be opposition to that. Always. Every time you want to see him and know the enemy is going to rage against you. And so I hope this morning, again, for those of you who don't know Jesus, that there will be no barriers for you. And for those of you who are walking alongside people, trying to help them know Jesus, we pray against those barriers and we know that there's a battle raging. There's always a fight. You know, it's funny, this uh, Friday, 
uh, Jim Brown, our youth pastor, took up a bunch of kids to, uh, to winter camp. My son Alex went up with him, so I was here just hanging out for an hour. I came over and, and uh, I said, hey buddy, how you doing? To Jim. And he's all, dude, the bus broke down. The bus broke down. They just had the bus serviced, literally the day before. Everything's good with the bus. They turn it on the day of camp. It's smoking like you wouldn't believe. And I was like, what do you know, Jim? This is just, this is part of the deal. You got a bunch of kids who are on their way up to hear about Jesus, to draw closer to him. You don't think the enemy's raging against you? But you see, God's bigger than the enemy. So what God did is he provided like 12 vans, just like that. Boom. And there they went up in a caravan up to hear about Jesus. You see, there's nothing that's going to shut me up from drawing closer to Jesus. Bartimaeus cries out, you cannot silence me. Have mercy on me, son of David, like pleading before a judge. Show kindness to me. Give me favor. And they try to keep him silent. He's persistent. He won't give up. He needs to draw near to the one and the only one who can heal him, not only his physical blindness, but his soul. Have you ever taken a loved one to the emergency room and they are in in, in deep despair, like their life is on the line? Have you ever done that? And you rush into the emergency room with your loved one and you say, I need help. And you feel like nobody hears you. They're all working on something, some paperwork, or they have some other people who have a little bit of a a gash in their finger. And you're like, no. And you go and you cut in front of everybody. I need help. This person is dying. And finally they gather around. And they realize you need help. That's what Bartimaeus was doing. He recognized, I am broken, I am a dying man, and I need a Savior. I not only need to be physically healed, and I want that, but my soul is dying. I am lonely, I am in despair, I have no life, I have no value, I need that. I have sin upon me that cannot be washed. I need a Savior. I will not shut up as I call out to Jesus. Dear friends, if you're like Bartimaeus, who does not want to miss the opportunity that Jesus would pass by, you need to be reminded that today is the day of salvation. Jesus sees you, and he knows your heart, And he knows you're broken. And he knows you need his gift of salvation. Jesus sees you. And he invites you into relationship with him. By just surrendering your heart to him and saying, Lord, be Lord of my life. I see you. I see how much you love me. I see you as Savior. I see you as Messiah. And it's Lord save me. Jesus not only hears, but he sees and he responds. 
And he calls Bartimaeus unto himself. He says, bring him over here. Disciples go over and say, take heart. Jesus is calling you. And I know he's doing that with you this morning. Whether you don't know Jesus or whether you've been distant from Jesus, he's tugging on your heart. Take heart. Jesus is calling you. Draw close. I love the response. Look at verse 50. absolutely love this. This is, this is the response of someone who realizes who Jesus is. Verse 50. So they called on him, and throwing off his cloak and setting it aside, throwing off, he jumped to his feet, and he came to Jesus. He jumped up. His response was immediate. His response was, was eager. And he cast off that hindering cloak, and he went towards Jesus. You know what? Many people hear the call of Jesus. Jesus is calling you. And instead of running towards Jesus, instead of throwing off the cloak, they pause. Well, just not quite ready. I have to do a few more things. I have to get my life in order. I have some things to take care of with the family. I'll wait until I finish those things. You know, I was, I was getting a haircut the other day, and I, I, love, I love getting haircuts at this place I go, because it's just, it's just hours of ministry there. I love it. And uh, all the ladies want to talk, you know? You ever, you ever been in that situation? That's just what they do at hair salons. They just talk. And they love to talk and share their stories, and I love that. And so this one gal uh, started to give me a haircut, and I just felt the prompting of the Holy Spirit. He's just like, ask her about, she was newer. Just ask her, just ask her about her life and ask her about, you know, spiritual things. And so I did. So tell me what's your upbringing spiritually? Do you have any spiritual background? And her deal was, oh, you know, I just think, I think all religions are amazing. And they're all wonderful, you know, and there's all these good things you get from each. And, and, and I think, you know, they're all, they're all right in a lot of ways. I said, not in a mean way. I just said, well, you know what? They can't all be right. They can't all be right. What, what, what's right? And I said, you know, the thing is, the thing is, is, is who Jesus is. I go, the difference that in my understanding between Christianity and all other religions is all other religions say there's some way that you can save yourself, that you can have eternal life with Jesus. And you can do that in your own strength. Christianity says, there's nothing in myself that I can do to save myself. I need Jesus. I need a Savior. And this is what she said. She said, well, you know what? I'm 23. (laughs) She goes, I'm still kind of in process. I'm 23. She was delightful. I didn't really hear that. She was a delightful young woman. But this was her processing. And I said to her again kindly, I said, well, don't keep using that as an excuse that you're 23. You have to at some place realize and and seek out, and I would encourage you to just seek out who Jesus is. I go, do you have a Bible? Because I want to get you a Bible. And, And just read through the Gospel of John. Find out who Jesus is. And all you're searching about all these other religions. You see, I know because I know who God is. God is always coming after our hearts. And I know that the Lord and His love is going after our heart. 
But she's like, but I'm only 23. Today is the day of salvation. Do you want to see Jesus? You surrender your heart unto him. Stop putting it off. Stop pretending like, oh, you know what? My life's pretty good right now. I'm still enjoying just kind of what it's all about. Don't live life to where all of a sudden you can't hear his voice anymore. Your heart gets so hard, you can't hear his voice anymore. But Bartimaeus knew Jesus was coming into town. Bartimaeus jumped up and responded. Bartimaeus couldn't stand it anymore. And like a shot, he fired over to Jesus, and he threw off his cloak, running over to him. And it's interesting to me that he threw off his cloak. I don't think that's a little thing. If you're a beggar or poor, you don't have much. I'm pretty sure that's what he slept in. That was a sleeping bag. I'm sure it was his one thing of value. He threw it off. What was that cloak like? I'm sure it was old, torn, smelly, dirty. He threw it off. There's beautiful imagery in Scripture about that in Ephesians 4. Let me share it with you. This is what I testify in the Lord. Don't walk anymore as the Gentiles do, as those who are darkened in their understanding and they're alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them. And it's due to the hardness of their heart. They've become callous. But that's not what you've learned of Christ. You've heard about Him and you were taught in Him. The truth is in Jesus And this is what you were taught. Throw off the old self, which belongs to your former manner of life. That's what Bartimaeus is doing here. And it's corrupt and it's deceitful. Throw that off. And verse 23 of chapter 4 of Ephesians says, Be renewed in your spirit and in your minds and do this. And this is what Bartimaeus is doing. Put on the new self, created after the likeness of God and true righteousness and holiness. That's an amen right there. There was an old communist and a Christian. They were just sitting on a park bench and they were just watching people walk by. And an old beggar, he was drunken and poor and in ragged clothes, ragged suit, came walking by. And the communist said, You know what? In communism, in communism, that man would have a new suit. And the Christian replied to him and said, you know what, in Christianity, Jesus would put a new man in that suit. That's what Jesus does. And that's what we do with Barnabas, who threw it off and came running. I haven't seen too many blind people who get up quickly like that. They usually take their time. There's nothing holding back Bartimaeus from Jesus. And here's what's beautiful, and Jesus responds, doesn't he? That's who our Lord is. And Jesus said to him, what do you want for me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me see, I want my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith has made you well. Immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. Bartimaeus knew exactly what he wanted. I want to receive my sight. The reason you go to a doctor is you say, listen, here's what's going on with me. I need healing. 
And Bartimaeus not only received physical sight, he was healed, he was saved. Your faith has saved you. It's faith that God responds to. You know, Bartimaeus probably had an inadequate understanding of Messiah. He probably did. Don't ever let that be a barrier, another thing that holds you back. Sometimes I talk to people and it's like, well, I have to fully gain an intellectual understanding of God and who Jesus is. And we don't want to be stupid Christians, but I want you to understand something. If God is calling your heart and dealing with your sin, respond. Let the theology come afterwards. You will know God. You don't have to have a full grasp. And quite frankly, I don't know if we ever get a full grasp of God, do we? Bartimaeus responds in what he knows. God's been tugging on his heart, and he responds. Jesus doesn't demand a great theology. He demands faith. And so he responded to Jesus out of faith. Your faith has made you well. And he follows Jesus. He's a man of incredible gratitude. There's a precious touch of Jesus. What is it that you want from me? I want healing. And he touches him. He began with need. Bartimaeus did. He went on with gratitude. And he finished with incredible loyalty. That's the life of a disciple of Jesus Christ. That's a beautiful story, isn't it? About the blind beggar Bartimaeus. That whole story is not only for us, but the reality and the thing we can't forget is that Jesus is in constant training of his disciples. There are lessons out of this story with Bartimaeus that he's trying to teach his disciples, and now we as his disciples, he's trying to teach us. Jesus is going to go to the cross. Jesus is soon going to rise again from the dead, and then he's going to be with the Father. And he's got this group of ragamuffins that he's wanting to bring forth the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of his salvation. And he's teaching them here. And there's several things I just want to point out that I think he's teaching the disciples. I think he's trying to show them and teach them about their spiritual blindness. This physical issue of Bartimaeus is a spiritual issue for the disciples. Helen Keller was asked if it was terrible to be blind, and she responded, it's better to be blind and see with your heart than to have two good eyes and see nothing. But that's what was happening with the disciples, wasn't it? They had two good physical eyes, and they saw nothing. And Bartimaeus saw it all. This narrative in Mark 10 is one bookend to the other narrative in Mark 8 of of blindness, of healing of a blind man. In between these bookends, three times, three times Jesus is teaching his disciples and he's saying to them, I must go to the cross and I must rise again. Open your eyes! to who I am. There's a reason I came. Remember Mark 10, 45? Jackson taught about this last week. I came not to be served, but to serve and to do what? 
to give my life a ransom for many. Bartimaeus received that ransom. His sin was covered. His sin was paid for. They don't see it. Bartimaeus saw it. And the question for all of us this morning is, do we? Do we see Jesus for who he really is? It's a story about the tale of two wants. I appreciate what Ray Stedman says about this passage. He said it is, it is tied in with the previous section that Jackson taught about last week. It's absolutely tied in. What is it that you want for me to do for you? The same words, exactly, asked of who? James and John. Same exact words. What is it that you want me to do for you? What was their response? We want you to make us great. We want to sit in the place of honor. Do you catch that? We want to be the ones in the honorable place. Bartimaeus is the one who is the son of honor. This is what it looks like to be placed in honor. It means a life that is surrendered. It means a life that is dependent. It means a life that is entirely sold out in obedience to me. This is what it means to be placed. One who lives a life of servant. What is it that you want from me? The tale of two wants. Bartimaeus says, I want to see. And Jesus responds to faith, doesn't he? He doesn't respond to selfish ambition. He responds to faith. And he will do that with you this morning. As you come to faith in him, maybe for the first time, or in your spiritual journey where you are just, you've been distant, but you come in faith going, Lord, I don't know what you're doing with me. He responds to you and he draws you near. Bartimaeus draws near. I think the third thing I see in what he's teaching his disciples is that he wants us to bring people to him. You disciples, go over and call him to me. And the beautiful thing about this is kind of interesting. The disciples, I think, were part of the crew that was like, hey, hush. They were the barrier. Jesus gets on that stuff. Hey, Peter, get behind me, Satan. There's nothing. You've got to understand, I'm here for a purpose. There's going to be no barriers. Sometimes we're the barrier. We've got to take that to God, right? You disciples, even in your failing, even in your lacking of understanding, you go bring Bartimaeus to me. Isn't that grace of our God in our spiritual journey? You know, we mess up a lot, don't we? And we're like, boy, Lord, I don't know if I can bring people to you because my life is just kind of, I'm kind of a mess. No, it's an honest faith journey. But let us still keep bringing people to Jesus that they may see Jesus. There's an amazing thing that was developed in Denmark. It's an app on your phone. It's called Be My Eyes. And it basically works through video chat. The blind person has a video camera on their phone and it's, it's strapped to their head. And they plug into this app to people who are part of this Be My Eyes. And they'll say, hey, the one that I just read about the other day was they were going into the fridge 
and, and they were grabbing some milk. He's like, can you tell me about this milk? And the guy on the other end, who was his eyes, said, oh, don't. Yeah, I would encourage you not to drink that milk. <laughs> that is way past due. And then others were walking you know, into the street. Whoa, 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 hold on. There's a car coming on your left. Be my eyes. That's what I think we're called to do. To be people's eyes and bring them to Jesus. They can't see him yet and they want to see him. He's teaching his disciples, you're going to be part of that. You're going to be my hands, you're going to be my feet, you're going to be my eyes, you're going to be everything. Bring people to Jesus. And the final thing I see that he's teaching his disciples, and I think teaching us, is that through Bartimaeus, he shows us how to see spiritually how to have relationship with Jesus. To recognize our need, to recognize the Savior, the Messiah. To cry for mercy from a merciful God. To ask Jesus that we may see to be healed by Jesus, to be saved by Jesus, to throw off the old life and put on the new, and to follow Jesus in radical obedience. You see, at the end of the story, Jesus says, Go. And you've got to imagine Bartimaeus going, You've got to be kidding me. You're my life. Where can I go from your presence? I can't go. I am following you. That's the life of someone who's seen Jesus. Let's pray. Father, I just again pray more and more for each of us, no matter where we're at on this journey, that we would see you. And for those of you who have never seen Jesus, who've never entered into relationship with Jesus, Today is a day of salvation, friends. And so pray this prayer with me in your heart. Jesus, Messiah, Savior, have mercy on me. Forgive me, Jesus, for my sin. I want to be saved. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Come into my heart and take over all of me. I surrender me unto you. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving my sin. Thank you, Jesus, for washing me clean. Thank you, Jesus, for giving me new life today. And Lord Jesus, I want to follow you. And so help me to follow you. I love you, Jesus. Amen.